0: If you're doing the same workout, even if you're super consistent with your workouts, if you're not increasing the intensity and putting new strain or stress on the muscle, it is not going to grow bigger and stronger. There's no need for it to grow bigger and stronger. Hey guys, and welcome back to the show. I am Megan Hardy. I'm the founder of fitness uncharted. And this is where we talk about mindset and strategies that are going to help you to build muscle, lose body fat, improve your health, improve your metabolism and leave you feeling super freaking confident and empowered. I am your host, Megan Hardy, and welcome back you guys to episode number nine. I can't believe it. And I feel like a nine-year-old who's like about to turn 10 and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm about to be double digits. This is so cool. Um, So I'm feeling very excited that we already have nine episodes under our belts, guys. Um, 10th episode coming to, you know, theaters and platforms, podcast platforms near you soon. Um, But anyway, (laughs) today I want to talk about something that's very important to your uh, muscle building and toning up quote unquote goals. And I want talk about how to make your training more effective for building lean muscle. And this is something that I, uh, is very near and dear to my heart and something that also pains my heart to see when I see other people in the gym. And I've also been this person myself too. So definitely not throwing shade just on other people. I've been here too. And I still have to push myself in ways because I realize I'm not sometimes, but, um, I see so many people who show up to the gym, consistently and it's the saddest thing when they are they are there like 300 and like 30 days out of the year and there's like no changes like they have their body has not changed over that amount of time. And they've been super consistent and it's so sad to see. And it's like, oh my gosh, you have the consistency part down. So what is it? What are the pieces of the, of the puzzle that just aren't quite working? And I see a lot of people, oftentimes uh, oftentimes it's our cardio queens who come in and just do a lot of cardio and don't do any kind of strength training. So not too shocking there that they're not seeing like the toning because they're not building the muscle. So they're not seeing those kind of results that they want because they're just doing cardio. But I even see people who are doing more strength training for that muscle building effect and quote unquote toning, um, effect, but to build that lean muscle, but they're not, it's, they're not really seeing many changes, uh, but they are really super consistent in the gym. So first and foremost, though, too, you guys, I want to go ahead and throw this out there that at the end of the day, you're building lean muscle or toning or whatever goals, fat loss it all comes down to nutrition too. Nutrition is the key to changing your body composition. And that's why we spent the first few episodes covering some nutrition topics because at the end of the day, you can work out... 365 days a year, which I wouldn't recommend because you need some rest days, but you could be doing a lot of things really well in the gym or in your workouts. If you're my home workout gals, um, but you could do a lot of things really well. And if your nutrition isn't on point, then you're not going to get the results you want. So like nutrition is king. You've got to, you've got to have nutrition down. Um, but there is also a lot that could be done well or better with your workout or strength training. So I want to help you guys with that. Um, and also, you know, it's like, let's, let's look at how you're working out, not just like what kind of working out you're doing, but how are you doing it? And what is your intensity in the gym? Your intensity matters so, so much, you guys. So we're going to talk today about I wonder if you could guess it if you're not new to strength training or working out. Progressive overload. Yay! Um round of applause for progressive overload and we're going to talk about that as it pertains to strength training. So, this is the form of exercise that's going to help you to build muscle for that toned look. Like this is the form strength training is the form of exercise that is going to induce muscle hypertrophy. AKA building muscle, muscle protein synthesis and building more muscle mass. And as we've talked about briefly in a prior episode, this is how you're going to get the toned look. You are, have to build the muscle underneath and you have to build up the size of the muscle to be able to see it show through the skin. How you do that is muscle hypertrophy. How you get muscle hypertrophy is strength training and how you have effective strength training is progressive overload because at the end of the day, you guys If you're doing the same workout, even if you're super consistent with your workouts, if you're not increasing the intensity and putting new strain or stress on the muscle, it is not going to grow bigger and stronger. There's no need for it to grow bigger and stronger. If you're not putting extra stress on the muscle, it's like, nope, we have all the muscle. We need to do the jobs that she's, that Megan is asking us to do. You know, I don't have to lift anything heavier or, you know, whatnot, like we're good. But if you put extra strain and stress on the muscle, it has to adapt and it has to grow stronger. So that's why today we're going to talk about different progressive overload techniques. And you might've guessed the first one based off of what I just said, but one of one way that you can induce progressive overload is increasing the weight. And this is one that we're probably most familiar with when we talk about progressive overload. I think that's probably the first one that comes to mind if we're not completely new to strength training. And this is one that guys, you do not have to increase weight, uh, in big increments. You can do it, do it in small increments, but increasing the weight, if you are doing exercises and you have not changed the weight up in months or years or whatever, like, There's that there's the issue that we found it because you need to start increasing the weight. And I want to go ahead and dispel the myth of like the fact that you think you'll get bulky as a lot of women do. If they go up in weight, you're not going to get bulky unless if you are eating for it. Like if you're overeating, you're eating in a heavy surplus and a ton of carbs and things like that to really put on that bulk and that size adding weight to your lifts guys is not going to make you bulky. Let me say it again. When I started increasing the weight on some of my lifts, especially the compound lifts, like my squats and my deadlifts, my pull-ups going, you know, from assisted to unassisted and adding weight on the pull-ups and my bench press, my overhead press. Like when I started really packing on the weight, I got leaner. I got, my muscle got more dense and I became a leaner person because of it. You're not going to get bulky by increasing the weight. What you will do is you will build more muscle and you will look more toned and you will have more lean muscle mass to show for it. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you are getting so much value out of it. If you are enjoying it, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you get notified when future episodes are released and that'll also help others hear the show who really need to hear it. But with that, when you are increasing the weight, do it incrementally. So if you are doing like, let's say you're just using the bar right now for squats, which is like, depending on the gym that you go to about 45 pounds, if you're using like a standard bar or barbell, you do not need to go throwing on 25 pound plates or 45 pound plates on that bar. That's too much. Start small, literally put five pound plates on each side or put 10 pound plates on each side. Start there. See how that feels. Make sure you can still hit good form and good depth. Um, don't sacrifice depth. That's one thing to watch out for when you are increasing the weight on exercises, watch out for your form and your range of motion, because a lot of times people give themselves a big old pat in the back for increasing the weight, but then they just sacrificed their range of motion. And like, especially for things like squats, like their, their depth is much shorter and you're not going to get as much bang for your buck. So slowly increase the weight. And focusing on full good form and i would recommend videotaping yourself and watching it back or having someone watch you as you're as you're doing the movement so they can tell if you're getting that full depth and range of motion and using good form so always 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 prioritize form before you increase the weight make sure you're really solid And then increase the weight and just do it in small increments. So, especially as you get to higher weights, you're gonna realize it is much smaller increments. Like, so even throwing on like two and a half pound plates on either side of that barbell can make a huge difference. So, start there, throw on an extra, you know, two and a half or five pound plates. That makes a really, really big difference. You do not need to jump 10, 15, 20, 30 pounds at once. Small increments for increasing the weight. And like I said, Always prioritize form and range of motion before you increase that weight but that's a big one. And that's one that I want to hound in for the ladies, because this is when I think we get scared of doing, and we just hang out with our little five and 10 pound dumbbells all the time. Cause we're worried that if we pick up 15 pound or, or more dumbbells for upper body, we're going to get bulky and somehow turn into the she Hulk overnight. And that's where I just laugh because I'm like, if dudes thought like dudes would love that to happen, like they like wish it to happen and it can't like it's, and it's not going to happen to us ladies either. So I don't know why we think we're going to she Hulk overnight. Anyway, it's not going to happen unless if you are maybe shooting up and getting some extra, you know, roids or testosterone or something plus nutrition, like again, it all falls back to nutrition, you lifting heavier weight and eating correctly for your body, eating enough of the right foods and protein and all that. You're just going to build more lean muscle ladies. So that is progressive overload technique. Number one, A couple others, Um, one is to increase volume. So there's a couple ways you can do this. You can increase reps or you can increase sets. So you might be doing, you know, three sets of an exercise. If you add a fourth set, that is progressive overload because you're doing more volume than you were doing before. And your muscles is going to notice that it's going to feel that that fourth set is going to be a lot harder uh, because you're tired from the first three sets and your body's not used to doing a fourth set. So you can increase sets um, or you can increase the reps. So if you are normally doing, you know, eight to 10 reps, if you do 12 to 15 reps of that one exercise, you're going to feel that and feel the difference. So the thing with, um, reps too, is that's where you can play with reps and weight kind of together simultaneously. I would try to find that weight that you can do for like somewhere between eight to 12 reps and stay in that rep range. And then if you're finding it easy to start increasing the weight versus doing reps in like the twenties and thirties and doing really, really high rep. One, it's going to take you longer. It's way less efficient than picking a heavier weight for fewer reps, but also you can get more bang for your buck by increasing that weight. But granted, needless to say, if you only have uh, smaller or lighter weights at home, do more reps, like just rep it out, girl, until you get fatigued, until the muscle gets fatigued. Because even if you're using them five pound dumbbells, if you do 40 and 50 reps, like I don't even, I honestly haven't done, even tried to see how many I could get with five pound weights in a long time. I should do it just to see, cause that'd be kind of fun. Um, let's do this. Let's, let's make a pact and let's all go home tonight and see how many reps we can get with five pound dumbbells. But anyway, <laughs> but if you have lighter weights, that's a great way for, to use progressive overload. Like if you only have limited equipment, do more reps or do more sets, you will fatigue the muscle. And that's what we're trying to do here. So, again, increase volume. You can do that by increasing reps. You can increase sets. You could also decrease your rest period or rest time. So this is something that, you know, especially if you're someone who's in like traditional bodybuilding or, or, um, like the powerlifting space would probably throw shade on this. Cause they're like, Oh, you have to take you know, a minute or two minutes in between sets to get, you know, to really maximize your strength and maximize lift. And there is something to be said for that. It depends on your goal. If you are going for just really more strength or hitting a new PR or getting the heaviest lift that you can, then yeah, you do want to have some rest in between your sets. If you're trying to fatigue the muscle and get muscle hypertrophy, then AKA building the muscle, and pushing it to that to that point of failure, then if you decrease your rest period or rest time, you can help yourself do that. So this is one thing that I actually use in a lot of my workouts personally, I will do back-to-back exercises for the same muscle group. And the reason for that is because I'm just trying to be as efficient and effective as I can at fatiguing that muscle to that point of failure for the, the, the effect of muscle hypertrophy. So if you decrease your rest time or your rest period, it's going to be harder, right? That's, that's the goal. How can we make it harder? I know as humans, we want to make everything easier. We always look for the easiest route, but in your workouts, I encourage you, what is the hardest way that you can do this? How can you make yourself sweat and make it really hard? Um, and one way you can do that decreasing the rest time, which makes sense, right? Like if you don't give yourself that break, the muscle, let's say you're doing bicep curls, the muscles already Exhausted from the last set, right? So, if you decrease the rest time, it's going to be so hard to keep going. So, that's another way you can use progressive overload. It's also a really good one if you're crunched for time because you're taking less rest in between sets. And it's a good one if you are working out from home and you have limited equipment to be able to get some of those heavier lifts in. And then another way you can use progressive overload is to increase frequency, add more workouts per week that's a really easy way to do it. So if you're someone who is, you know, currently working out three days a week add a fourth workout, that's literally progressive overload. You are increasing the volume. Again, it's another way to increase volume of how much you're working out, how much stimulus you're putting on the muscle per week. Um, If you are someone who's working out already five and six days a week, no, you probably don't want to increase the frequency more. Um, That's probably good. That's solid. You know, if you're already working out five and six days a week, so you probably want to use other forms of progressive overload, but say you are someone who's newer to your fitness journey and you know, you're know you currently working out one or two or three days a week, you have some room to grow as far as just adding another day, if it's feasible for your schedule, and it's something that's realistic and sustainable for you. I would say, don't try to increase your workout frequency. If it's not something that you're going to be able to sustain long-term. Um, cause really what's the point? Um, I always say, you'll hear me probably say it a thousand times. If you can't do it long-term, why do it at all? Because any results you get from that extra workout, like this is why, sorry, anyone who's done 75 hard, I, I love you too. But, I have an issue with that because it's like, you're not really going to work out twice a day, every day for the rest of your life with no, uh, cheat days or no, you know, breaks or whatever. It's like, it can be very extreme. So it's like, why do that for a short period of time, any results you get during that, it's going to be hard to sustain those. If you're not doing something that's realistic with your lifestyle or what something you can sustain long-term. So with frequency, make sure you can actually fit it in, make sure you're giving yourself enough time for recovery, all those good things. Um, If you are using frequency as a form of progressive overload and increasing those workouts per week. Um, And then another one is more time under tension. So this is one that uh, I don't think too many people talk about in the progressive overload space, but this is where... You need to slow down the movement, slow it down. So a lot of times we are flying through the reps and one, you're probably using momentum if you're flying through the reps really fast. So don't do that. Don't swing your body, keep your core engaged and stable, isolate the movement. You know, I'm, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm doing, you know, bicep curls right now over and over again to try to, to, to grind that point home of isolating the movement. But, um, but what you want to do is you want to slow it down because if you have more time under tension, AKA the muscle is going to be under tension longer, if you are slowing down the movement and that's going to make it harder. So like, again, let's take those same five pound dumbbells. If you're doing bicep curls and you are taking four seconds to curl up, And four four seconds to curl back down, that is a lot harder than up and down and up and down one second each. Right. So if you slow down the movement, that'll help a lot. And five pound weights, y'all for any shoulder exercises, I will just say, I often use five pound weights for things like, um, side and front shoulder raises, like it's tough, but even for that slow down the movement, if you're at home and you're doing some shoulder raises, take three to four seconds to go up and four seconds to go down and like, Oh, holy burn. You're going to feel it. So that's creating more time under tension for the muscle. Um, and really that's just making it harder. That's the goal. Let's make it harder. So that's another way you can do it. And then also, um, focusing on the eccentric part of the lift that kind of goes along with the, um, time under tension, So the eccentric part of the lift would be like that lowering part. So the concentric part of a lift is like when you are, uh, working against gravity. So if you think of a bicep curl, that would be when you're curling up. The eccentric part is when you're lowering down and then think of, let's see, like a deadlift, the concentric part would be, uh, the picking up. And then the eccentric, eccentric part would be the lowering back down. So if you focus on that eccentric part of these lifts and you slow it down, you're probably going to be sore the next day. Let's just say that. But that's another way to, again, increase the intensity, the time under tension, make it more difficult. Um, and then a couple of things that go along with this. So those are some progressive overload techniques that you can use. But then two things that I, or acronyms that I want to point out for you guys that I want you to think about during your workouts is one is RPE, which you've probably heard before, some of you, um, that's rate of perceived exertion. This is basically a way to um to figure out how hard you're working. So this is like a scale of one to 10. So your RPE, rate of perceived exertion, scale of one to 10, one would be like, eh, that wasn't that hard. That was super easy. Not hard at all. 10 would be like, my eyes are popping out of my head. <laughs> I could not have done another rep if my life depended on it. So, so, so hard. Like perceived exertion was like, holy crow. I could not do another rep if I wanted to. Um, so what you want to try to do for hypertrophy, muscle hypertrophy is you want to try to hang out in that like, mm, seven, eight, nine range, like eight rate of perceived exertion would be awesome because that would be like, you're like one or two reps away from failure. And when I, I say failure, that means like, your muscle literally couldn't, you could not do another rep if you wanted to, that's pushing to the point of failure. Like if you have have ever done a lift where you could not, you know, if you were doing a squat or something, you could not stand back up. That is pushing to the point of failure. We don't need to push all the way to failure, but we do want to be like one to two reps away from failure. So where it's like, I really don't think I could have gotten more than another rep or two in there without literally the muscle giving out. Um, or think of again, of a bicep curl, like you're curling up and that last rep or two should be so hard that you're like, I don't even think I could get another full rep after this. So rate of perceived exertion. That's a way to figure out uh, a really great way to figure out if you need to do more reps or more weight, because if you find that you're like, ah, that was like a six or a seven out of 10. Like I probably could have done more. Well, girl, homie, you need to increase the reps or you need to increase the weight. You need to make it more challenging for yourself. And then the second acronym kind of goes along hand in hand with this. That's the reps in reserve, R-I-R is reps in reserve. And this is basically another way to say like, how many reps did you have left in the tank? So if you think at the end of, you know, your RPE, you were like an eight, you know, it's really, really tough, but you could have maybe gotten like one or two more reps. Probably that's your RIR, that's your reps in reserve. So that's where we want you to fall is right around. Like you have one or two reps left and you probably couldn't have gotten any more than that. If you find that you're like, ah, eh, your RIR reps in reserve is probably like, I don't know, I could have done five or 10 more of those and that would have been okay. Well, girl, again, you need to increase the weight. Cause we want you to find that weight that is really challenging for the allotted number of reps. This is something I talk with my clients about all the time is cause it's, it's that question that we all have. It's like, how, how do I find the right weight or when should I increase the weight? How do I use progressive overload? How do I know what's right for me? Again, it boils down to one, make sure you're using good form, good range of motion and good depth always don't sacrifice that. But then the second way to figure it out is to find the weight that is challenging for the allotted number of reps. So sometimes that might even mean that you need to pick up a weight, see if you can get all the reps. And if you can't, that's okay. Do as many as you can do. Choose, put that weight down, choose a lighter weight and finish out the reps. And then now you've kind of found or figured out what weight you can use for the allotted number of reps for that workout. And also just want to let you guys know, it's okay. If your weight changes from exercise or workout to workout or week to week. Like even when we're coming up on our period or depending on what time of the month it is, you might find that you're weaker and you're like, dang it. I know I could do 20 pound, you know, bicep curls last week. Why is this so hard? It's okay. Like just pick the weight again, even if that has to change, or even if you have to go backwards certain weeks, that's okay. If, if 12 reps, if you last week you were able to do 12 reps with 20 pounds, uh, for bicep curls this week. You're only able to do 17 and a half pound dumbbells for 12 reps, but it's so hard. That's perfect. Great. It's okay that you went back and wait a little bit. If it's still really, really challenging and you're really working the muscle. But what I challenge you to do is my challenge to use to push yourself to that point of failure, like literally go into the gym or go to your next workout, push yourself to that point of quote unquote failure so that you discover what your true I. RIR is that reps in reserve, because so many of us think that we are, you know, one to two reps away from failure. And we're really not like, we actually might have five or six or seven more reps in the tank. And this is where, again, I'm preaching to the choir and talking to myself. I've been doing this a lot recently myself, where I'm like, you know what, let me see. Like I was only planning on doing 12 reps, because I think I'm like, that's one or two reps away from failure. So let me, but you know what, let me just keep going to see how many I I actually do have with this weight. And I'm like, dang, I actually still was able to get like six or seven or eight more reps. So I realized I'm not pushing it or using the right weight for that number of reps because I was able to get way too many more reps. So my challenge to you is to go figure out literally what's that point of failure. And I wouldn't probably choose to do this on exercises like a squat where you can hurt yourself easier, unless if you have someone spotting you, like you don't, don't push yourself to the point of failure there. Um, Cause you can hurt yourself if you can't get back up correctly and whatnot. So do that with some um, either other support or someone spotting you or watching you there to help you or a trainer or something like that. But with things like your, you know, tricep extensions or bicep curls or some of those exercises that you have a little more control and you can, you know, release the weight easier without hurting yourself, push it to that point of failure and see what your actual failure rep is. And then you have a better idea of like, okay, this is the weight. And for the, a lot of number of reps that I'm able to do and and I can get one or two reps away from my true failure. So go try to figure that out. It really takes some trial and error. It takes some playing around with it. Like that's a part of what I have fun with is like, what am I capable of today? What is my you know, heavy struggling weight today? Cause it even changes week to week. Like I said, especially as a woman with our cycles. But one thing that really helped me to you guys was an analogy that this is actually came from my husband. I remember when we first started dating, And working out together some and whatnot. We actually met at the gym for anyone who doesn't know. Yes, we are that like classic gym couple. So annoying. Um, but anyway, (laughs) we try not to be, we try not to be like the typical gym couple, but you know, we still, we met at the gym and it actually worked out. But anyway, um, so he gave me an analogy because he was actually someone who helped push me to go to that point of failure with, with lifts. And he used an analogy that was, he said that For every rep that you leave on the table, meaning like every rep that you could have done that you didn't do because you put the weight down and you're like, oh, I got my reps. Okay. Yay. I'm done. Every rep that you don't do. this is gory. So please like watch out for any like children's ears. Um, but now every rep that you do a puppy somewhere dies or every rep that you leave on the table, a puppy somewhere dies. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like y'all, I can't believe I still like, you know, dated him and married him after that. It was so gory. But anyway, every rep that you leave on the table, imagine that how horrible would that be? A puppy somewhere dies. So don't leave reps on the table is what I'm saying (laughs) because you're really only hurting yourself. You're only cheating yourself of that muscle hypertrophy, building more lean muscle mass and getting more of the quote unquote toned look. And (laughs) another thing too, ladies, is don't be afraid of the pump. Um, And this is Another, like, you know, probably PG 13 thing. So watch out for the kids. My husband calls it the wiener pump. It's kind of gross. But <laughs> when your arms fill up with blood and like, especially for upper body, I think as women, we like we're like, oh, it feels so big and so bulky. Like, uh, like especially when you're getting that upper body pump. But don't be afraid of that. Like that blood flow to the muscle, like again, you're just stimulating more muscle hypertrophy. That's what's happening. So don't be afraid of the pump of the wiener pump. Yeah, I know. I hesitated to bring that up on this podcast or not. Cause I'm like trying to keep this podcast nice and clean, but you know, that's, if that helps analogies help me. So don't be afraid of that because that just means that you're really working the muscle well and that you are pushing to that point of eight or nine RPE, you know, one or two RIR reps in reserve. You're pushing it to that point of close to failure. Um, also just a reminder that you do not need and should not. Uh, incorporate all of these forms of progressive overload at one time. You do not need to go into the, your next workout and go, okay, I'm going to decrease my rest time. I'm going to increase my weight. I'm going to increase my reps and sets, and I'm going to work out more times this week. Like <laughs> You don't need to do that. Just go into the gym like for your next workout and choose one. Just choose one of these forms of progressive overload and and go with that for the workout. Okay. So like this coming workout, maybe you're increasing the weight for your squat by adding on two, two and a half pound plates, or, you know, two, five pound plates, one, one on either side. And that's perfect. That's awesome. That's progressive overload. Or maybe you're going in and you might be using the same weight, but maybe your workout calls for 10 reps and you're going to go and see how many more reps you can get after that, that 10th rep, like do one more or do 10 more if you have 10 more, but see what you can get. Um, so use one of these forms of progressive overload. Don't try to incorporate all of them at once. Um, probably not wise and probably uh, a good way to hurt yourself. Let's just say that. So as always, I hope this helps. And what I want you to do is I want you to walk away from this episode walk into the gym tomorrow and put into practice some of the forms of progressive overload that we talked about here today. So you can start to see better results from your training. So we're not just all about quantity. It's really about the quality and how can you increase the intensity of your workouts? Well, you guys progressive overload. That's your way to do it. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was helpful. If it was take a screenshot, share it on social media, be sure to tag me and also hit that subscribe button if you're not already subscribed. So you can get notified of any future episodes to come. And until then I will catch you guys on the next one episode number 10. See y'all later. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the muscle makeover. I hope you are getting so much value out of it. If you enjoyed the show, please rate review and share this podcast so we can reach more people and impact more lives. Also take a screenshot of this episode, upload it to your stories and tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have a question or comment about the show, feel free to message me. My social media handles are in the show notes. Make it an amazing day, you guys. And remember, you are loved and you are worthy just as you are.